we celebrated the completion of the Easter season two Sundays ago with the celebration of Pentecost. The two Sundays after the conclusion of the Easter season each year, Catholics around the world focus on two great truths that are only revealed to the world after the resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So last week we focused on the Trinity, the revelation that the fullness of who God is, is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, an eternal communion of outpouring selfless love into whom we're meant to grow. This weekend, Catholics around the world focus on, again, a revelation that only comes after the resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit, the most sacred body and blood of Jesus, the Eucharist. We believe as Catholics that the Eucharist, what we're about to celebrate or what we are celebrating, is the source of every single other good thing that we do as Christians, and it's the summit, it's the most important thing that we do of all the good things we do as Christians Sunday by Sunday. During his public ministry, Jesus tells people that in the future, he's going to give them his flesh to eat and his blood to drink. This summer will be the I think beginning at the end of July, it's the summer every three years that for five consecutive Sundays, we'll hear from the Gospel of John, from the sixth chapter, when Jesus most completely teaches this in all of the Gospels. I'm going to give you my flesh to eat, my blood to drink. My flesh is real food. My blood is real drink. You may remember that the Gospel writer says that when Jesus teaches this to people, Not just crowds of people who have been attracted to him turn away from him, but many of his disciples leave Jesus and they return to their former ways of life. That makes entire sense to me. It sounds like he's talking about cannibalism. I'm going to give you my food, my flesh to eat, my blood to drink. It sounds like one of these bizarre cult leaders that come up every once in a while. If I came in here today and I told you, I'm going to give you my flesh to eat and my blood to drink, I hope you would very politely get out of here really fast. So it makes complete sense to me that many people who were following Jesus turn away from him and go back to their former ways of life. May remember this, this is John 6, 68, 69. Jesus then says to the 12 closest disciples, are you too going to leave? And Peter speaks for them and he says, to whom else should we go? You have the words of everlasting life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. Peter does not say, we understand what you're talking about, because he can't. He doesn't say, we feel good about this. I don't think they do. He says, we believe you're the Holy One of God, and he and the 12, the other of the 12, remain with Jesus. At the Last Supper, which many of us entered into really deeply this past Holy Week, which we just heard Mark's version of it. Jesus, right before he goes and enters into his passion and death, pulls together his closest disciples for the Last Supper. At that supper, Jesus enters into the Passover ritual. He takes bread, the Jewish Passover tradition. He blesses it. He breaks it. And he gives it to his disciples. And then he breaks in and he says, this is my body. Not this is like my body, not this is symbolic of my body, not this will remind you of my body. Literally, this is my body, eat it. 
He takes the Passover cup of wine, he blesses it, he gives it to his disciples, and he breaks in again. And he says, this is my blood. Not this is like my blood, not this is symbolic of my blood, not this will remind you of my blood. This is my blood, drink it. What he has been telling people he's going to do begins at the Last Supper. He takes bread, and after he blesses it, he says, this is now my body. He takes wine, and after he blesses it, he says, this is now my blood. None of the scripture writers tells us how the disciples react. My strong guess is that it's probably like John 6. They have no way of understanding at this point what is going on. I, if I am positive, maybe if Mary's there, she might get it. Otherwise, they cannot understand this, but they remain with Jesus. Not all of them, Judas leaves, but most of them remain with Jesus because they believe he's the Holy One of God, and they do what he tells them to do. After Jesus rises from the dead, in the brilliant light of his resurrection, and I presume because he remains after his resurrection teaching his disciples for 40 days, all of this becomes clear. He's not just the Holy One of God like a holy guy. He's not the Holy One of God like a hoped-for Messiah. He is God. He's the eternal Son of God who's become a human being to enter into this very sinful, fallen world to bring salvation, to bring back the power of God's life and love. He is the, capital T, capital H, capital E, the Holy One of God. He is God. How can Jesus say, I'm going to change bread into my body? How can Jesus say, I'm going to change wine into my blood? Because he's God. Because everything that we know is created through him. He can change anything into anything. How can Jesus, this is not a joke, at the Last Supper, he says, this is my body. He doesn't cut off a piece of his hand and give it to people. He says, this is my blood. He doesn't open up a vein and pour out his physical blood. How can he be fully body, blood, soul, divinity present in this because there's a new reality that begins at the Last Supper. There is a sacramental reality. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus can become fully, fully present in the Eucharist. And how, when you think about it, after he ascends to heaven, how can this possibly continue? You and you can stand over that bread and wine and say whatever you like. You can't change it into the body and blood of Christ because he gives a sacrament through which some people are ordained to serve him to be the instruments of this sacrament until the end of time. What begins at the Last Supper, that the Savior of the world transforms bread and wine into his full presence, continues through the sacrament we are currently celebrating until the end of time. Jesus Christ, it is hard to get your head around this. I know some of you get it. Jesus Christ came to this planet 2,000 years ago to save you personally, to save you from everything that separates you from God, to make it possible for you to live on this planet in God and to live eternally if you will live his love. 
He doesn't just want to inspire you. He doesn't just want to teach you. He doesn't just want to command you. He wants to enter into you. He wants to enter into you through the Eucharist to grow in you, to nourish you, to give you the power to live in Him. He wants to enter you through the Eucharist so that if you will accept Him and say yes to Him, you will grow to be like Him now and eternally. As you reflect on this this week, I mean, if you can't, if this does not give you stuff to think about, you need to stop drinking and you need to refocus. This is the most important reality on the planet. What we're experiencing this morning, what we've chosen to enter into, is the source of all holiness. It's the most important thing we do. So just two quick thoughts to maybe push you as you reflect on this this week. My personal deepest experience of the Eucharist, my most clear knowledge that this is true, is during COVID. And I know that this is in different ways the same for many people in our community. Whether it's when we were locked down and for the first time in our collective lives, most of us could not receive the Eucharist for a period of weeks, I can't remember how many weeks. Or whether it's in this community, in the midst of the reddest of red zones, worshiping in that parking lot in hail and heat and snow and rain, because this is real. I mean, that is either crazy or it's true. With all of the problems that we ex have experienced during COVID, the unraveling in so many ways of this society and the world, the death that we experienced so deeply in this community, the horrible illness that so many of our families suffered, without the answers to so many questions, Sunday after Sunday, as I experienced the Eucharist in that parking lot, I knew this is true. He is here. He is nourishing us. And we are gonna make it to next Sunday. We do not necessarily understand much anymore, but I know that he's here. I know he's fully here and he's fully in love with us and fully pushing us to live his love. So if that connects with you at all, I encourage you to reflect on it this week and to tell other people to witness this to others. Second and finally, if you're here this morning and you don't share this belief, if you don't really understand, if you're new to all of this, if someone just dragged you in here for a graduation, please be inspired by those first disciples. They did not understand what Jesus taught them about the future Eucharist. They could not understand at the Last Supper what he was talking about, but they chose to remain with him. They weren't Judas. They didn't walk away. Very limited, very sinful people like me, they chose to remain. If you choose this morning to remain, you are making, I kid you not, the single best choice you could ever make.